Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Well, there's never a dull moment in the NRL. Uh, that's for sure, especially in the off-season as well. We head uh, across to the Tasman now, as we do at this time every Monday, to say good morning to our SENZ Sydney brother, uh, Andrew Voss. Uh, Voss, good morning to you. Uh, there's a for sale sign on the back of uh, Brandon Smith uh, from the Storm. Is there anyone interested in buying him? Smithy, uh, good morning to you. Can I tell you, I actually hosted a charity function on Friday for Ronald McDonald House over here um, in Sydney. It was down in the southern suburbs, and Brandon Smith was a guest on stage. And um, such is the personality of Brandon Smith. He, he was, and, and we being Aussies, I mean, he was having the you-know-what taken out of him by everyone. But he was happy to take the you-know-what um, out of himself. But I thought within it to... I, look, I think the, 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 the truth is he is being chopped around. The one-year deal, like, does anyone come on board? I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a really unpleasant situation, really, isn't it? Because such a helping to turn such a popular player, and no one begrudges him actually leaving the club, really. You know, it's just business, it's just football. But the way it's all gone about, I wonder if whoever's advising Brandon would maybe attack it a little bit different. You know, the whole tour of the clubs and all of that. I know media chase stories, so you can't always blame the person. You know, you can't control what's being written. But I do think it was just so visible. I think you're allowed to make demands of clubs, aren't you, to say, look, can we just keep this negotiation a little more in-house than the open, you know, showing the player off, touring the facilities and all of that sort of thing. I don't think it sits well with the club the player's with, and even more so when... That player is not going to leave until the season after. I don't think it's a good look, Smitty, and I don't think it's done mm. Brandon any favours for his um, his reputation or image. Meanwhile, the Dolphins have made just the one signing apparently so far. Well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I do with the listeners every morning here uh, across in Sydney, and, and you know, people are making the assumption. Well, Wayne Bennett must be getting nervous. So I, I do think. Um, yeah, one one suggestion, and this is hypothetical, of course, but they needed to basically, let, let's say, hypothetically speaking, they got Kalen Ponga and they got Brandon Smith in a room together and said, we want to sign you both, and we want to sign you both at the same time. And then they negotiated a price. Now, the, the impact that would have in the market would be fantastic. You know, two key positions of the spine signed up, um, or if you want to play Brandon as middle forward, um, you know, two current stars of a game, that probably would be the impetus towards more signing. But now there's this perception of the Dolphins. Well, people are, perhaps the players are sitting there, well, I don't want to be the one. I don't want to be the poster boy. I I don't want to sign with you until I know who else you're getting. So it's sort of chicken and egg stuff now. I, I think they would be worried. They're not going to say they are because they've got plenty of time to prepare and, you know, things can change with contracts. But but I did expect more of a um, more of an impact from the Dolphins on the signing front. And, and I, I would reckon they've... They've missed out. They're, they're, you know, they're batting about. They've had one success probably out of about six or seven players that actually dabbled, had a dabble at. Tell us a, a wee bit about this interesting scenario uh, around South Sydney's uh, recruit, Anthony Milford. What, what's happening with the NRL there? 
All righty. Um, well, here's the deal. Um, he is on uh, allegations or, or, or ch- being charged with assault, um, uh, sending out of an incident up in uh, Brisbane. Now, he was not registered because he'd already finished his ties with uh, the Broncos. He's, he ended his ties with Broncos October uh, 31. That's when your regular contracts go from November 1 through to October 31 the following year. So he, he was not actually a registered rugby league player when he's being charged here. Now, South Sydney have tried to register um, the contract and have been told, well, no, uh, because of the nature of these charges, it is, you know, into the uh, grounds of the stand-down policy. Now, as a result, they won't register the contract. He's not due to appear in court until February. And with a, with a player not registered, the contract not registered under, the, under this, you know, stand-down policy and the charge, he's not allowed to train with South Sydney. So it's quite a predicament for the Rabbitohs that here they have a player that's, you know, in a key playmaking role new to the club. He will not be able to train with the club this off-season. So even if he is found um, innocent down the track, and, you know, that's entirely possible, he'll have his day in court, uh, he won't have actually trained. It'll be a very rushed job. He'll be behind the eight ball. He may, you know, he can keep, his, he can keep up his personal fitness um, training on his own, but... You know, defensive patterns and attacking plays and all the rest. It's, a, it's, a, it's quite a setback to the Rabbitohs' plans for next year. It's, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I mean, you always talk about administration, more so about uh, any sport, of course, when the, the game is actually not being played on the field. But uh, here we have another one uh, involving the NRL and its intention to flag uh, its, uh, to overall its controversial transfer system. Uh, but the players yep. who will have the ultimate say have no appetite for change. Are we talking the players here or the players' agents, to be fair? Oh, well, you've got to, you know, <laughs> oh, do you really want me to answer that? Uh, of course the perception <laughs> is that the player managers, why would they want it to change? Why Why would they? You know, they, they're, they're kept in and they, they seem to be so important, you know, 12 months of the year. And, and, a, and a good manager is important, of course it is. And, you know, there are players that are... Look, don't deny. Like I know they've got a bad reputation; they get a bad rap. But, but don't deny the fact that you know plenty of managers have done wonderful things for players in giving them direction and, and making sure their their you know their salaries are invested for their future and all of that. So it's not it's not all bad. But I think there is there is an underlying thought from fans that, that the manager uh, operates under too much self interest. Um, and, uh, and, and you know, you don't get a palatable result in a lot of cases. So um, I, 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 like the, I like the idea of the transfer window. I'm warming to that twice a year, but then I can also see that, you know, some people say, that every time there's an unhappy supporter about a player leaving, you'll find a supporter happy that they've got something to hang their head on, you know, a player signed. So like in the case of Isaiah Papaliki, well, he's not joining the Tigers for 2023, was still good news for the Tigers. I was just happy to get some good news. So it was disappointing for Parramatta. But it was good news for the Tigers, even though they don't get their, their claws on in the 2023. Let's uh, change tack if we can, please. I'm sure there's a big cricket theme uh, to your shows uh, coming up. The Ashes starting, of course, at the Gabba very, very shortly. Uh, but Big Bash Festival season got underway, and uh, we're looking at a, a relatively small crowd, aren't we? 10,000 at the SCG to watch the Sixers thump. The stars first up. Yeah, it wasn't a big crowd. Um, I, I do wonder whether a a look, look, this is um, this is the last week for the public school, the last week of public school, and all the rest. Uh, some schools, obviously, your private schools, already off. But um, the year isn't quite up. A Sunday night um, commencement of the competition. I think, in hindsight, maybe not the best. You know, 
a Friday night or Saturday night for the season might have been, well, I'm pretty sure in my opinion would have been a better option. Um, but as for the for the game itself, highest ever total for the Sydney Sixers, just outstanding, the defending champions. Um, a few bigger and bolder statements by defending champion in any sport in recent times than what the Sixers did last night. Um, destroyed Melbourne when it was their turn to bat um, with the ball. Uh, Stephen O'Keefe, the spinner, four wickets, and with that, Josh Phillippe, Moses on Reeks, uh, James Vince, it's just outstanding. Um, it was it was a absolute demolition job done by uh, the Sixers in the Big Bash League, and that rolls on today, Sydney Thunder and Brisbane. Um, and, and of course, we've got Ashes Test starting on Wednesday, so great time for cricket right now this week. It sure is, and and uh, I'm I'm pretty sure one of the reasons is because of the Australian camp has been under the microscope. But I'm ne- I've never seen a England uh, about to enter the fray of the Ashes with such a a, a low key type build up media wise. Anyway, they've seriously flown under the radar here. Yeah, well, hid, hidden away in um, in quarantine first up, and then dogged by bad weather for their warm up game certainly hasn't helped. And then perhaps when you say they've um, under the radar, maybe they've wanted to be in light of the uh, racism you know, scandal that they're dealing with in their home country. Perhaps they haven't wanted to be in a prominent position where they're going to find an interview you know, going down that line. So, yeah, it's, a, gee, it's different to when I was growing up. You know, tour teams would come out and they'd play, you know, the States and, and you know, you'd have all the tour games, you know, full-on games. It'd be, you know, England versus mm. New South Wales over four days. And you, you've got to think that... Yeah, you've got to think England's underprepared. You can't just you can't just have net session after net session and be be ready to play. You wouldn't think, um, and and you know the record in Brisbane is not great. So we'll see how things pan out. Um, we're told there's going to be some typical Brisbane thunderstorms, by the way, Speedy. Uh, looking at the weather forecast, so we have got a few showers around, but not not as dire as what we were looking at last week or two weeks ago. Um, but thunderstorms forecast, and Brisbane can throw down a beauty. Let me tell you. It's, yeah, uh, that's super sopper stuff, isn't it, to be fair? Uh, whilst we're on venues, uh, Vossie, there is still speculation over Optus and Perth being a test match venue during these Ashes, which brings into um, a question, of course, if they don't host it, where does it go? Does it go uh, down to Tasmania, which would be uh, quite rare, or do Melbourne or Sydney flog it? Yeah, I'll, I've done hashtag bugger Perth for quite some time because of their... Premier has been very hard to deal with through this whole pandemic, so I think they've lost their chance. But I, I said this morning on my show that beam counters of Cricket Australia would be going, Hobart, you're kidding. <laughs> it's a matches test. Now, we've been through a couple of rough years where they've missed out on income opportunities. I mean, I, I think it's a night test. I, I think Melbourne, even though I'm based in Sydney, I'm, I'm happy with the night test in Melbourne. So that means third test, Melbourne. Uh, Boxing Day test, so it's a day test. Fourth test, Sydney, which is a traditional pink test and and raising money for uh, the Glenn McGrath Foundation and breast cancer, um, uh, Jane McGrath Foundation. And then the fifth test could be back in Melbourne under lights, um, you know, historic test to be the pink ball test. um, And you're drawing huge crowds for that. So it would be a financial, you know, far removed from what, they could possibly offer down in um, Hobart. It's the Ashes. Mm. I, I think it's got to be played in Melbourne or Sydney, and I'd go Melbourne. Okay, fair enough. Um, I, was, I imagine there was a little bit of Bathurst talked on your show this morning. Um, Mostert, absolutely outstanding, fastest car. Uh, no doubt there from a New Zealand point of view, a little disappointed in the Van Gisberg and finish to the race, but uh, Mostert was the story. We can't win them all, Smithy. You can't win everything, okay? Let's just let's just put that. Um, 
No, Charles, uh, Jared's my favourite. Look, it's an incredible race, Smithy. And, and this actually, just so it would have been very like your time, wouldn't it? Um, it started after midday. It's the first week of summer. Um, we actually got quite lucky on the weather because if you had a said, well, back this first week of summer, gee, you could have a blazing hot day. Or given the weather forecast, we thought we were going to have rain. Well, we ended up with neither. So the conditions where we had six safety cars um, and what is a 161-lap endurance race ended up, you know, a bit of a sprint. Um, incredible coverage we have, Smithy, too. I mean, the coverage of the supercars, I, look, I think it's the, the equal of anything that the rest of the world can offer. Um, and I said, mm. it's the sort of race where you need a seatbelt on your lounge chair. <laughs> you know, you, you're taken inside the car. And uh, there, there were some terrific moments yesterday, but um, second time for Mossad as a winner. He's co-driver Lee Holdsworth winning it for the first time. Um, it's been a hell of a year in the supercar. Shane Van Gisbergen's the champion, but just couldn't quite get the double. That's only happened nine times in our history. The supercar champion's been able to win Bathurst in the same year. Um, just a question. Um, I'm not surprised. I won't be surprised if we lose our transmission here, uh, but just a question for you. Uh, how, many, how many Australian bowlers have got 10 wickets in a test match innings? Well, no, no, no I'm, happy to, I'm happy that we've still got a line up there um, because there's, there's none, first of all, is the answer. But <laughs> I actually, I went on record, I'm not a bad result. I wish Richard Hadley now in 1985 had have taken 10 that test in Brisbane, because that would have been something to say that two of the four, we're still a brotherhood between us, Smitty. I hope you don't, we're not all narky, mate. We don't have to be narky. We can be friends. I think it would be a great achievement if New Zealand could have said, well, we've had two of the four in 144 years of test cricket taking all 10 wickets. I still remember it clearly. Hadley, he did take the catch, didn't he, of the other wicket. Yes. Um, in yeah, who, was the, in Brisbane. Who, was the, who was the batsman? Who was the batsman that he caught? Mm. Yeah. Oh, geez, you tested me. Oh, Smithy, you, you I wouldn't go. mind betting. You, you got me. I wouldn't mind betting. You've interviewed him a number of times. You might even have worked alongside him in some capacity. Henry Lawson, Jeffrey Henry Lawson. Oh, there you Lawson. go. Right. Right. There you go. Mm. Yeah. No, but I think that. Look, I, I've learned more about it. I've got to say, um, did I know anything about Patel before the weekend started? To be perfectly frank, probably not. Had never noticed him before. Um, but had um, Richard Petrie on the show today, so got to know him a little bit more. Um, and, and, and it's going to be incredible. He will be dropped for the next test, won't he? It's unlikely he'll play the yeah, next he will. test. We had Jason Gillespie you know, make 200 with a bat that time and get dropped the next test. Um, good yeah. chance Patel will get dropped the next test for the Kiwis. Oh, dollar one and shortening, the way we play our, our cricket over here. Yeah. Dollar one and shortening, great shame. <laughs> great, a great shame, Vossie. Uh, but always great to talk to you, mate. So... Uh, Thank you very much. As, as always, we look forward to the toss of the coin at the Gabba, one of the great moments in sport to me, the beginning of the Ashes. Again, so Smithy, I really look you, forward to that. We can be friends, mate. Yeah. We can be we friends, Smithy. Okay. I'll, I'll, work, I'll work on that during the next seven days and talk to you just prior to Christmas, mate. All the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, too.